and welcome to Conscious Business with the Corporate Yogi. I'm your host, Julie Zuzak. This podcast helps entrepreneurs develop the mindset needed to build and grow a conscious business. Whether you know it yet or not, your mindset is the subconscious blueprint that determines your success. Each episode, we explore the different ways that your business calls you forth to grow on a personal level and through your relationships. So get out of your head, into your heart, and let's dive right in, shall we? This episode today is the second of a two-part series on the Pomodoro Technique. In the last episode, I explained what it is, why it's so beneficial, and how to use it. So if you missed last week's episode and you're just tuning in today, you'll want to backtrack and go check out episode number 80 before you listen to this one because it's going to explain the foundation of everything that you need to know or else this episode is not going to make any sense at all. All right? So first off, I want to say thank you. A huge debt of gratitude to everyone who listened to that episode, who gave me your feedback, who downloaded the worksheet and really tried it out. I love that you guys are so engaged and really open to trying something new. As I said in our last episode, time really is our most precious resource as an entrepreneur, and we can always find ways to make more money or to cut back on costs, but we can never, ever, 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 ever put more hours into our day. So we need to be open to always trying new ways to be more efficient. So I loved hearing all your feedback and I'm excited to share some of it in this week's episode. So here's a look at what you're going to learn today. First, I'm going to explain why it's so important to keep an open mind to new approaches and techniques. In our second segment, I'm going to introduce you to a special guest who shares his experience with the technique. In our third segment, you'll find out whether he gave it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And in the last segment, I'll recap five top tips for how you can make the most out of using this technique. But first, I want to start with a story. So I'm curious, do you have a bucket list? Well, I certainly do. And most people that I know do as well. And here's the thing with my bucket list. I tend to cross things off, but then I also keep adding new things onto it. So it's kind of a constantly evolving bucket list. And back in 2012, I crossed off something big. So I had it in my mind that I really, really wanted to run a full marathon. I'd done shorter races and even a half marathon when I lived in Vancouver, but I really wanted to run a full one. I knew it was a big challenge and it was just something that I wanted to accomplish before I turned 40 because running can really be tough on the body, right? And to be honest, I've always had this like love-hate relationship with running and I'm a fair weather runner, so only now in April have I started running outside again. I don't like to run outside in the winter months, especially here in Ontario. So in 2012, I set out to cross this item off my bucket list. And since my time was so limited, and I knew I was dealing with something that would be a really big mindset challenge, 
So I enlisted an expert to help me through it, and I joined a running clinic at The Running Room. And I have to say that that was one of the smartest things I've ever done, not only for the social aspect, because I met the most amazing people, but because they really know what they're doing. They know all the best tips and techniques. They've done all the research. You know, they've put the training schedule together. And most importantly, you have accountability with a group, right? Which always helps with success. And I have very strong faith. When I believe in something, I always, always have. And so when I enlist an expert, I'm going to listen to them and I'm going to believe in what they tell me to do. And for me, that's kind of where the mindset piece came in because I sort of have this way of thinking where I sign up for something, I say I'm going to follow the whole list, I'm going to follow the training schedule, and if I do all that, then I just know that it will be possible. I know that I will be ready. I don't have to question in my head on race day, am I going to be able to do this? Can I make it through? I just kind of think of it as a personal guarantee. If I've done all the hard work, if I put in my time, then I know it will happen. Now, when I signed up for that clinic on day one, that all came called into question because they told us right off the bat that all of the different pace groups or different speed groups in the clinic would be training with a 10 and one method. So it's kind of like a run walk method where you basically you run for 10 minutes and then you stop and you walk for one minute and then you do that over and over again. Now, it helps in many different ways, and there's lots of you know different theories as to why you do this, but it basically wasn't an option. It was just how the entire clinic was training. And as soon as they announced it, there was a, a lot of chatter in the group until a couple of the more seasoned runners chimed in and said, you know what, we've done this, it works, it's amazing, just do it. And that was it. Everyone sort of jumped on board and completely dove into it and tried it out. And I have to say, at this point, I wasn't really fussed about my time. I didn't really care about the pace. I just wanted to make it across the finish line, which I did. Now, that was my first, very first, and definitely last marathon. So I can't really compare doing a 10-in-1 approach to a continuous approach, but I am pretty sure that the people that were in that clinic knew what they were doing and I trusted them. And I'm really glad that I listened to them because I remember thinking to myself in that moment, oh, that doesn't sound like, you know, that's going to make sense. There's going to be all this mental challenge of stopping and starting all the time. But you know what? I just trusted them and I followed it and it worked. And so here's the thing. I wanted to share this story with you because I think it really applies to the Pomodoro Technique. It's challenging the conventional way that you work. And it might not make sense to you before you try it, but just trust the process, as we say. And more importantly, trust the experts. They've put this together and they've tried it out and it wouldn't be making its way through the entrepreneurial world if it didn't work. All right? So keep an open mind to trying something new because there's going to be a huge advantage to using it, but you'll never know until you try it out, right? Okay, I'm about to introduce my guest today, Mike Kaufman. Now, Mike is a very loyal listener of this podcast and also a member in one of my mastermind groups. 
And so he was naturally just a great person to really test this out with me. And I knew he would give us honest feedback about whether he liked it and if he found it useful. Now, Mike is an agile coach and a trainer. So his whole world is about helping teams be more focused and be more efficient with their work. So he's the perfect person to talk about the Pomodoro technique. So enjoy this interview with Mike. My pleasure today to introduce you to Mike Kaufman. He is an agile coach and trainer, and he has been testing out the Pomodoro method, and he's going to tell us all about it today. So welcome, Mike. Welcome, Julie. Thank you for having me. And can you tell us a little bit about what you do for your business? I really enjoy working with teams. I really enjoy working with people. I really enjoy coming in and taking a group of individuals and and making them a collective and helping them to to think about how are we going to work together as a team towards a shared goal and a shared purpose, how the team is going to adopt some agile principles and practices. And then I get to work at the, at the leadership level as well and talk to the leaders about how they're going to support those teams uh, and continue to uh, adhere and promote uh, agile principles throughout the rest of the organization. Now, you have been part of our mastermind group for about, for a few months now, mm-hmm. working on the biz. I wanted to talk to you today specifically uh, about the Pomodoro technique because it's something that I know I've been testing out over the last few months, but I wanted to also see if I could get feedback from other people as to what worked and what didn't. So can you tell us a little bit uh, about how you've used it and what kind of projects you've used it for? Sure. So uh, two, two primary things. Uh, one is I am working with a friend of mine to develop a new course a new two-day course. I really want to try and get into a a writing practice and a a blogging practice, and I find that that seems to be at the bottom of my priority list. So when you tested it out the first time you did it with this course content creation and the second time was through blogging, is that right? Correct. Did you find the technique was useful? uh, Yes, actually. So with the very first one, I found it to be incredibly useful. So, um, you know, the... What's that phrase? How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? So Mm -hmm. I was looking at this course, and while I'm absolutely excited and and really pumped for working with my friend and creating this course and developing it together, I'm looking at it and going, oh, my goodness, this is a large amount of work. Where do I even start? And so every time I would think about it, I'd be a little bit lost. I kept seeing the big picture. And so I'd be like, well, let me just check my email real quick. Or... And uh, I wouldn't get to it. So what this did, I found it gave me a lot of success, actually, on this. I, I was able to focus. I was able to just drown everything out. Um, I was able to just look at it. I closed down all my other windows. I put my phone off to the side. And I just I said, okay, I'm going to focus on this for the 25 minutes. Uh, I started to get into the flow, and I just started, well, let me just start at the top. Let me just start with this one section, the intro section. This is easy. What do I need to do here? And I just started writing. And next thing you know, the the bell rang at 25 minutes, and I was just like, I don't want to stop because I was in the flow. Did you actually use a tomato-looking timer? Unfortunately, no. No, you didn't. I, <laughs> use, I, just, find one. I just use my iPhone, which I always have on me, which I find handy. So that's what I used. Yes. 
yeah, so I used my phone as well, and it was, and it was uh, dinging at me. And, and truth be told, actually, I ignored it because I was in the middle of something. I was in the middle of a thought, and I'm just like, well, I'm just going to finish this up. So I actually went over the 25 minutes by, by five. I think I went 30 minutes. Um, and then I'm like, okay, okay, this is a good stopping point. I'm going to stop here. Okay. I was ready to be done after the two hours, but my experience just even in the first section was positive enough to carry me through that I found that I really liked it. I, I was able to, to give my brain the focus it needed, and then once I gave it that, free of distractions, like just stuff started coming. One of the things as I was going through and doing mine is that I noticed that the first and the second round were the most productive for me. And then the third, I would kind of, you know, start to like drift off. And then the fourth uh, was back to being productive again. So I started to realize a pattern in terms of where my productivity um, peaks were in terms of what kind of work I did. I think my fourth round was, um, was not as productive. I was getting tired by that point. Okay. Okay. So that's good to know. And you know, this is why I love, I love this kind of a tool because it just really does make you conscious about your patterns, about when you do your best work. And something you said earlier that I really liked was that when that timer went off, you wanted to keep working. And I think that's such a golden statement because so often we get stuck in before we start to do something and we need that incentive to get going. And then once we're in that flow, you know, we just want to keep going and, and um, stay focused. So it's, it's really nice to hear that that had that kind of an impact on you. It really, really put you in the flow. The first Pomodoro you did with a specific uh, project to create content. What about the second one when you were writing with the blog? Was that one as productive or not as productive? No, surprisingly not as productive. Uh, and, I, I, and, and I'm still trying to, to, to think about why. The creative juices just weren't flowing as well. Um, and, I, and I was struggling. I think I wrote three paragraphs and I, and I deleted all of them. Yeah, there could be some saboteurs there sticking around. Oh, I'm sure there are. <laughs> I'm okay. sure there's somewhere. <laughs> okay, good. Well, overall, are you going to give it like a thumbs up or a thumbs down? I'm definitely going to give it a thumbs up uh, because even though my, my overall sense of accomplishment wasn't as high with the blog, I still got something done. Like I'm to look back. I got, I got words written. I got a couple paragraphs. I didn't get it all the way done, but I was definitely productive. And you know, one thing I'm going to say, so you're giving it a thumbs up. I am definitely giving uh, Pomodoro Technique a thumbs up as well because I have had great success with it. And, you know, to your point, there's certain things that I'm more productive with it than others. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it's been an invaluable tool. I would highly recommend it to anybody to try out. And, um, and if you can, use the worksheet because I think that really, really helps you to you know, to see what kind of progress you're making. It helps you keep track where you are. You get to, you know, I like to have little things where I can tick off and feel like I'm accomplished and see what I'm working towards. So that's a great thing. The other thing I added to the worksheet at the bottom is a parking lot. So whenever there's any thoughts, any distractions, like, oh my gosh, I really have to send that email out. Well, you know what? Write it down in your parking lot. And then as soon as you're done, you can get through and go through and do all the things in that list. 
because it's just there to keep you honest, right? Because if we don't make these thoughts that are distracting us conscious, then we think, oh, I will just send that email. It'll take me two seconds. But really, it doesn't. And we know from, you know, efficiency from that book, The One Thing, that once you start um, task switching, then you're becoming very, very unproductive. And so all those little things that take away, just those one more little things, those one last email, that one quick phone call can really take you away from, you know, doing these large, large tasks and uh, chunks of work that we really need to focus on. So, Mike, do you have any other tips that you want to give to people who are going to try this out, this method out? Right off the bat, as I said before, set yourself up for success. Um, make the time in your calendar. Uh, find the time, make the time. Uh, get yourself free of distractions if you're, if you're like me. Um, you know, get your headbuds out or music or something that can just allow you to focus. And uh, I think that will really make a big difference. I think if you were to just be like, oh, I'm going to try this Pomodoro out right now and just sit down and try and do it, it's, it's not going to be as effective as it could be. Okay. Love that. Great tip. Great advice for everyone to really just take it seriously, right? If you're going to block off that two hour period, make sure that you take it seriously and, and focus on getting it done. Absolutely. And, and, and I would say as an absolute must, when you're taking your break between your 25 minute sessions, definitely get up. Like, don't take your five-minute break by checking email <laughs> and continuing to sit down, Yes. right? If you've been sitting down and working for 25 minutes, like, get up. Grab, if you want to check your email, grab your phone or something or grab your laptop and, and walk with it. But get up out of your chair and move around for those five minutes. So, Mike, we're going to start to wrap up here. And before we sign off, I wanted to check in with you and see if you had any final tips or final words of wisdom that you want to leave everyone with. Do something different. Do something uh, new. Do something unique. Uh, do something crazy. When you when you push yourself outside of your comfort zone, that's where growth happens. That's where magic happens. Mm, I love it. I love those wise words. And that something new can in- include doing the Pomodoro technique, right? Absolutely. That was new for me. <laughs> and look at all that you learned about yourself. Yes, I continue to learn something new about myself every time I'm part of your mastermind. Oh, amazing. Okay, did you enjoy that interview with Mike? I'm really grateful to him for taking the time to test out this method and share his feedback with all of you and also some tips on how to get the most out of this technique. So in this last segment, I'm going to share five tips on how to get the most out of the Pomodoro technique. And the first two tips Mike already mentioned in his interview. So I'm going to review them again. So first off, tip number one, be prepared and take it seriously. So carve out the entire two-hour block and really focus. This is one of the reasons why I created an entire worksheet for it so that you can completely prepare for it and track your milestones. Tip number two, get up out of your seat on your breaks. So trust me, when you get in the flow, you're going to want to be tempted to keep on working. But the whole point is to stop, step away from your computer and give yourself a break and then come back to work. This encourages you to take a break right before you would naturally start to lose focus and uh, really get distracted, which is key. So 
Sitting is the new smoking. We know that, right? So you want to make sure that you get up, you walk around, maybe stretch a little. A break is a break. All right, tip number three, change your physical environment. So if you've already been working at your desk for a couple of hours when you start this, maybe take this two-hour block in a different physical space. So this will help you to mentally shift focus onto something new and really help you to take it more seriously. And tip number four, observe your productivity and use this data. You know, I found that round three, the third of the four for me was always my least productive. So I know this and I can watch out for this. Pay attention to you and your productivity. What is the most and the least productive in terms of your working style? And is there something that you need to tweak or really pay attention to? And tip number five, use your parking lot. So I've built one right into the worksheet that I created, but you can always just create a makeshift one with a post-it note or a piece of paper. But have it handy before you start because this will help keep your distraction saboteurs at bay. If you have a parking lot there ready to write down any little tasks or distractions that come up, then you're not only ready to deal with them, but you will probably even deter them from happening. And if you want to download a copy of the worksheet, you can find it on my website at thecorporateyogi.com slash podcast and go to either episode 80 or episode 81. All right, so let's recap those five tips. One, be prepared. Set yourself up for success and remove all those distractions. Number two, stand up on your brakes, stretch, and ideally step away from your computer. Three, change your physical environment. Four, observe your productivity and make note of any patterns. And five, use a parking lot. And it's time to start wrapping up this episode on the Pomodoro Technique. And if you want to download that worksheet, you can find it on my website, thecorporateyogi.com slash podcast, and go to the show notes for either episode 80 or episode 81. I also sent a copy of it out in my newsletter last week, and if you missed that, I'll send it again this week as well. And I want to send a huge thank you to Mike for joining me on this episode. I'm so grateful for all your tips, for your advice, and also to have you as part of the community. I know that I always appreciate your feedback and your encouragement, and I know that everybody else in the community does too. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Remember that being an entrepreneur is the most intense form of personal development that you will ever go through. So be patient and be kind to yourself. Deep down inside, you know how powerful you are. Now it's time to step up and let the rest of us see it. Mm